it's about getting into schools and talking to young people because you know I, I know that people can change uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever and we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there absolutely Hey there guys, we are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults and those who wish to be as different as possible so thank you very much to find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do and more importantly how you can help head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com hey jamie do you like being cozy i do and do you like staying cozy I like that even more. Then just heading over to www.staycozyclothing.com where you can find hoodies, tees, sweaters, and much, much more. And just enter The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And make sure you follow them on the Instagram at staycozyclothing to keep up to date with all the new designs. Remember, guys, that's The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And now back to this week's episode. Hi, this is Matt Roberts. You're listening to the Chronicles of Podcast with the legends, Tom and Jamie. to pluck my ass boys welcome to hashtag wbw way back wednesday and these are the chronicles of kelly jones why kelly this week jamie why kelly this week because this week on friday we released the chronicles of pierre bohanna a man who has worked on special effects costumes for incredible movies like the flash justice league oh yes so many oh yes so why not talk to an actual costume designer? Not the lead singer of Stereophonics, guys. I was about to say, let's let's point this out. It's not the lead singer of Stereophonics. <laughs> <laughs> a very different Kelly Jones. This Kelly Jones is a costume designer working on some incredible projects you may have heard of, including a little ditty of a movie called Straight Out of Compton, oh. the NWA story. She worked on Bright with Will Smith. She worked on the Power Rangers reboot. She designed Rita Repulsa's costume from scratch. Incredible. And also she's most famously known for her work on Sons of Anarchy, that incredible TV show that typically I didn't watch till after we did this bloody interview. Standard is literary, Jamie, to be fair. We always go, oh, these people are great to talk to. And then watch their shit afterwards. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> 
Uh, Kelly was wonderful, a really, really lovely person to speak to. Um, but just the thing is, obviously, she changed her husband to the radiator because you can see him try to escape. If you watch the YouTube, you'll see him try to escape halfway through the interview where he like toddles off in the background. Very, very funny. But um, no, she talks about how she's at Dre's house, how if she gets involved in a movie, she will go to that person or go to wherever, you know, to get inspiration to help her think and design these costumes. So obviously, Sons of Anarchy was a huge TV series. And now it's obviously she's really friends with Charlie Hunnam and obviously his other half. Um, just a true, wonderful and inspirational person. She's just so, it's just such a great conversation. Obviously we're big Power Rangers fans. So obviously we thought Power Rangers, boom, let's get her in. And then you hear about all these, like Shaila Compton had like so many costume changes, mental. It's like, mm-hmm. how do you keep up that sort of thing? It's like, right, get into this, now get into this, now get into this, now you get into this. <laughs> my, my biggest regret for this interview is the fact that I didn't watch Sons of Anarchy beforehand because when I watched the show, like you can see what she's done with these costumes like you see characters that go from like really innocent like just run-of-the-mill innocent woman and she has this dark turn throughout the show and you can see it reflected in her clothes as weird as that sounds just like the look of the character changes the darker she gets in her performance and i was like fuck kelly's clever i was like she did such a good job of the show the talents of a good costume designer who can make you feel that and make you realize and see that coming absolutely incredible and uh, I had a quick look at Kelly's IMDb before we jumped on here. Since we spoke to her, she's worked on Day Shift, a movie with Jamie Foxx, which is coming out, and also Samaritan with Sylvester Stallone. Incredible, incredible people she's getting to work with. There are some remnants of that of those two movies. We're talking about them in the interview. Well, obviously, we yes. didn't have much detail because they weren't around then, but obviously there are little bits. So you can hear little snippets of those in the interview. Jamie! Yes, sir. Any final words? Kelly, thank you so much for doing this. We had so much fun talking to you back when we did this. Hope you're well, love, and I hope your husband eventually escaped. (laughs) Kelly, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. We really, really appreciate it, and we thoroughly enjoyed sitting down to talk to you. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the Chronicles of Kelly Jones. So, ladies and gentlemen, today we have a guest unlike any other we've had on the show. When watching TV and movies, we always notice the awesome costumes and clothes that people are wearing. But in my opinion, the people who give you that look don't get talked about quite enough. And today's guest has designed costumes for award-winning projects and so many iconic characters. Here to talk about her awesome story and her awesome career is Kelly Jones. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. It's hugely appreciated. So, uh, Kelly, how how was 2020? Weird. I mean, it's about as weird as it could be. Like, when you're repeatedly saying, I can't believe we're all living through this. Um, I was doing a movie uh, that was halfway done with shooting. And it was March 15th or 14th. And they came to set. It was a Sylvester Stallone superhero movie. Uh, the costumes were getting bought in or, or uh, made in New Zealand um, at Weta. And they came to our set and basically the producers were like, we're shutting down tomorrow. Um, Sly's going back home and uh, we'll be back in four weeks. And that's what it is. And they just want the hospitals to just be able to, you know, deal with all the people coming in and just get a little bit more contained. and and we'll see you in four weeks. And so that happened March 15th. And then um, it was four months 
of not knowing if we were going back. But New Zealand was really good because they locked, totally locked down. And so they started working again. And we didn't know if the movie was going. So I was working with them throughout the hiatus or the pandemic from home, designing the costumes. And then we went back, we started working. So we finished the movie. So it was um, weird. Yeah, Results. we finished the movie. I know it was crazy and it was like, it was October and I was sitting with one of the producers and the, the date that it's coming out is supposed to be June 30th. And I said, do you really think it's gonna be June 30th? Is that gonna stick? Cause you know, the theaters were still, weren't open. And he goes, Kelly, if it's not June 30th, we all need to get another career. Like if, it, like if we are not back in the theaters by June 30th, like the, there is no more entertainment industry. And we are probably not gonna be back in the theaters by June 30th, but we'll see. So the movie's done. So I think they're just, I mean, it's still slated for that. And um, it's gonna be this awesome, crazy, just big action superhero movie. So I know they want it on the big screen, I'm assuming. So um, we're just waiting, fingers crossed. But yeah, 2020 was weird. And shooting, doing fittings with a mask or three, I had to wear three masks. Um, you have to wear three masks and, and I know you have to wear, the it's the um the first it's the kn95 then you wear the medical over it and then you wear a face shield oh wow <laughs> why <laughs> one of my uh one of my costumers his wife works for the cdc and when he told her that's how he would that's what he has to do to go to work she said you have to wear more face coverings than we do in the <laughs> lab with viruses <laughs> so it was but we got it done and you know that's just going to be the norm now so everyone's adapted so yeah so that was cool it was interesting that's i mean cool that was interesting so yeah oh wonderful well, at least got the movie finished i mean it's amazing i mean i was furloughed from work of march last year and i went back this week oh my god yeah <laughs> is that again sorry working from home during then or you were like furloughed no furlough wow yeah, it's uh, it's, been, it's been something, it's and it's, been, like it's the arts been has with really the arts and the hospitality sections of the world have just been slammed, just you know screeching halt, and then everything you know, the other industries that are just working, they're working from home, lawyers, they're just working still. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, this strain we've got now in the UK is obviously shutting things down again. So I don't know if it's even reached you guys over there yet, I don't think. There's a couple that have been tested positive for it in California. I think in, there's like four states that they've tested. LA is shut down like the UK right now. I mean, they're, I mean, they, I think they haven't officially shut down shooting, but all the productions, all the studios said we're not shooting right now. And they, you can't do anything. I mean, you can do nothing. So. Um, that because I think it reached LA, so yeah, which is weird because they're going to open back up. So it's like, how are these people getting? How who is who is going anywhere <laughs> to get sick? I don't understand. How many people are getting COVID? No one can do anything outside their house. It's very weird. It's, anyway, so yeah, we're actually here to talk about you. So. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Take us back. What made you want to get into costume design? Was it a love of fashion, a love of movies, a love of design? None of those. <laughs> um, it was a love of fashion. It was a love of design. I actually had a jewelry line that I designed. I soldered clothes and I designed jewelry. And you know, it's. I think in, if I would have lived in New York, it would have um, 
kind of, you know, transformed into some sort of a clothing line. Um, but it's LA, so it's the entertainment industry. So there's not a lot of, you know, the big half fashion houses in New York and over in Europe. And so I was on sets of movies just from MTV, just from friends that I was with and hanging out in LA. And I just realized very quickly that that's what I wanted to do. And I was young, you know, so I just decided that I wanted to work. I wanted to do the, I didn't want to just do, you know, jewelry, which then would become clothes. I wanted to design the clothes for um, TV and movies. So I kind of taught myself how to do everything. I first taught myself how to illustrate. So luckily now the illustrators are so much better than I am. So I don't have to do that anymore. But, and also I taught my house how to sew. I bought a little, you know, Singer sewing machine and just kind of taught myself how to, how to do a bunch of stuff and, you know, got into the union and I was a set costumer for a hot minute and then, you know, started designing. I think I was in my, I just, I'd been doing a costuming for maybe a year. And then I just started designing, you know, student films and indies and stuff that, you know, I was paying out of my pocket to do. But, you know, what LA is a tricky, not a tricky place. LA is an interesting place because if you stay there long enough and if you can just muster through some of the bullshit, you kind of come up together. So with the same group of people, even if you're not friends. So I was a set costumer on the show called The Shield and Kurt Sutter was the staff writer. So I only had talked to him maybe once on set. He would just be there for his episode. And I was the, I was a costumer of, you know, Michael Chiklis and Walt Goggins and, you know, some whatever cast. I mean, I was actually on set. So, and then when he did Sons of Anarchy, you know, I got the call to do that from him because then that was his first show. And so, yeah, it, it's just kind of snowballs into there. So a lot of the people, like I, I'm friends with a lot of people that were assistants back in the day and now they're big producers and they're big writers. And, you know, so it's kind of cool if you can, LA is a weird, odd place, but if you can stick it out, it's, and if you really are focused, like it's, it's easy to kind of see your path once you give it a second. That sounds amazing. That was a little version by why I started costume design. <laughs> <laughs> to do with the design so <laughs> i mean the whole point of why we do this thing is obviously we want to hear from you anyway they listen to us talk shit for like a whole hour before the interview so you know we want you to give as much as possible they want to hear from you perfect okay <laughs> you know, i don't know if people want to hear from me but, uh, but let's go let's continue <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, of course they do what do you, what do you mean <laughs> So you say you self-taught, but obviously to start off with, did you go back and study any of these and like design or anything like that? It was literally all self-taught. It was all self-taught. And then the first show I did was The Shield. So that's when it was like, and that's very gang. Uh, it was just really heavy gangs. And it was shot in like East LA and, and South Central and just like you know, some sort of like just areas that had that sort of grit to it. And that's kind of, that was kind of my school on how to, figure out how to make that sort of world, because I saw it on the show, like the designer did a great job on the show, make that sort of like underbelly of society and just like the gang world, um, kind of romanticize it for people, most people that watch shows like that, most people that watch Sons of Anarchy are literally office workers living in the middle of America or the middle of wherever, and they've never even been on a motorcycle. But it's something that's so sexy and so cool. So that's kind of how I just taught myself. I just really paid attention. It's really a lot of observing. Um, because then once I started designing for bigger shows, I didn't need to sew. And I didn't, you know, I illustrated for years. And then now I have, you know, illustrators that do all this crazy work on the computers and stuff. I was illustrating with pencils and pens. So that's kind of, you know, 
that just just what happened. So it wasn't, I didn't go back to school. I wish I could say that I went to, you know, some fabulous, you know, FITM or some fabulous fashion design school in Paris, but I did not. <laughs> I, honestly, I think it's more impressive than you did. <laughs> But no one in LA, I so many people I know in LA that have really made it at their craft did not go to school. It's so weird. It's like, I'm not saying that, that any sort of those schools don't give you something and the tools you need and really like jumpstart your career. But a lot of people I know, they just, you know, they're hustlers and they just like, I was a hustler. I just got jobs any way I could by reaching out to people I didn't know, cold calling, doing these emails, like, hey, you hiring a costume designer, like taking jobs for nothing. And so, yeah, so. It's almost like colleges and universities just go, yes, give us all your money and you yeah. might get something out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really living in LA is an education in and of itself. It's just a really, it's a cool town if you can really get through it, through like the surface of it. So that's kind of what, and most of the stuff that I've done that are, that's pretty well known is based in LA. So, um, I mean, I've done like superheroes and stuff like that, but yeah, but like, you know, straight out of Compton, Tax Collector, Sons of Anarchy, that's all based around LA. So, and the movie that I'm doing, I'm starting a Jamie Foxx uh, vampire movie in, well, I'm actually starting this week. Um, that's also based in the San Fernando Valley. So thankfully I've, I've done enough due diligence with research there to know. <laughs> The vibe of the vampires, <laughs> the Tom Petty song. So, <laughs> so do you have to like uh, pitch your ideas to people, or do they go, "We want th these are the ideas we have," you know, away you go. It's a mix, and it all depends on the personality and just who the director is. Sometimes, because what I used to do is I would go in with very specific. When I like, I started as TV because that was just what I knew. Um, I go in with really specific illustrations and sometimes you bite you like, you know, you shoot yourself in the foot with that because if it's not, if it's so exact, but it's not what they're thinking, they'll think that you don't know how to kind of um, absorb anything else than maybe their vision. So then I, now I just go in with boards and I give them, it's, they're just mood boards and there's color palettes and it's tone. And I just give them an idea of what I think would work best because honestly, it's, it's their movie. You know what I mean? Like it's the director's movie. So he's hiring me to do a job. I will tell them what I think, like what I think could look best based on what his world he's trying to create or her mm -hmm. world she's trying to create. And then if it's something different, then I, you know, there's only been a couple times that it's really been kind of a like like but this is what i think i don't really agree with what you what you're saying and they're like well i don't care what you think i'm the director and i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean normally because the directors i work for i really admire so it's like i do like would they say something that wasn't what i was thinking i'm pretty i don't have ego to my shit i'm just like oh i get it like if that makes sense if it doesn't make sense, I'll say that does, I don't, I don't believe that makes sense, but let's talk about this. But normally, I mean, that's only happened like one or two times in like the 20 years I've been doing this. And then, uh, you know, again, it's like the director is, it's his movie or her movie or her TV show. So, so yeah, so I, I bring in what I can, you know, I'm opinionated, but not to a fault to where it's just gonna, cause you don't also don't want to work with in a contentious relationship with a director where it's like, and I, I know designers, I know I have friends that are designers that have this happen. It's like, they go in, they've been designing for a very long time. They have a massive pedigree 
and they don't like some of the director and there is it's this and there's no blending so and then it just makes a horrible experience you know what i mean so uh -huh. i try to make sure that you know it's a lot about the experience too and just make sure that you know everything kind of works together and the vibe is is good and that normally is what kind of puts out a pretty different project so our product nice, nice. <laughs> awesome how do you go about getting jobs in this line of work? Is it, you know, do you have to apply? Do they seek you out or do you hear of a project and like, Oh, 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 can I do it? You know, is that's what I used to do. I'm telling you, I would comb through deadline Hollywood. This was years ago and, or I don't even know if deadline was around then, but like variety and I would see what projects they were. And I knew someone who knew someone you know, I would, I would absolutely, you know, reach out to them. I, that's what I mean about like, I'm just a hustle. Like I'm just, I would do the emails. I have no shame. I will ask for a goddamn job because that's the only thing. That's the other thing I learned in LA is that nobody's going to give you anything and you have to take it or you have to ask for it. But then I got a really great agent. So I've had a, I've had an agent most my career and they've all been good. But now, I mean, the agent I've had, I just, I'm, I mean, I'm just, he's amazing. So now in the past couple years, probably three years, most of the jobs I've done, um, he's found for me. And then he says, so-and-so wants to meet you and we'll set up this meeting. And now it's like on Zoom. Um, and then that's how I've gotten, you know, it's how I got Venom. But it's all connected. Like I, you know, Venom, Ruben wanted to meet me. And then it turned out that he had worked for another producer for a couple of projects who was a good friend of mine. So I called that producer and I said, uh, Ruben reaches out, like, can you just tell him that I don't suck? And that I'm like, I know what I'm doing. And I worked for him several times. So then he called Ruben and it was just like that sort of thing. But that, that started because my agent said, well, there's this movie with Tom Hardy and they want to meet you and it's superhero. And I was like, yes, please, that would be fun. And so, yeah, so that's kind of how, I mean, it's just now it's a lot of, but the, like the director I'm working with now, JJ Perry, he is a stunt coordinator. So he was a stunt coordinator on a show a movie I did called Homeland um, forever ago, or sorry, Homefront um, forever ago with Jason Statham. And then he's a stunt coordinator on Samaritan. And now he's doing this big Netflix movie and it's his first um, big budget movie and he's directing it and he's just, I just, I mean, he's killer and he's, I'm, it's, his vision is going to be so cool. So I'm working with him, but I, I know him. So there was just like an initial meeting of just being like, what do you think this movie is going to look like or should look like? And I told him and he dug it. So he hired me. So that's kind of. So yeah. talk about Venom. Did you, do you only focus on the main, the lead or did you absolutely everybody? I did everyone, oh, I don't know if I should say this. Um, I did everyone but Michelle. Okay. <laughs> That's why I was just curious, because I don't know if it's like, we want you to design, you know, for Tom Hardy, for whatever, and then, you know, I didn't know if you had like specific people you had to work on, or if you were given like wide berth to do absolutely everyone, or, you know, that's what I was curious about, really. Every movie I've ever done, I did absolutely everyone. That was the only movie that I didn't do someone. So okay. it was, that was a weird situation. Okay. She came on, she had her stylist out of New York and it was a different, it was a different genre for Michelle, you know, and I totally understand while she was a little apprehensive because it was 
fantasy but contemporary and she plays a lawyer and a lot of the stuff that she's played before it's either period or it's just a little bit more like blue collar downtrodden sort of characters and i mean i just i've always admired her work like i think she's amazing but so she came in with a stylist uh from new york and that, that had done her red carpet look and then she ended up switching to another stylist in la that did another red carpet look. And the only, the challenging part with that is that neither one of those stylists had worked on TV or movies before or TV. So they didn't understand like the continuity and multiples and like we would get a box of like a shirt and pants and she's got a stunt double and she, it was just kind of crazy, but that's, that's what she wanted. And that's, and I was busy enough. And I said, cool, that's totally fine. And um, so, yeah, but normally, yeah, I mean, I, I would do everyone, but that's, yeah, that's the only movie that I didn't do. I didn't do Michelle. And I did hear on Venom 2, she also, which shoots in London, so I didn't end up doing that. She also used someone else, a separate than the costume designer. So she, she kind of has her person to just like, you know, design for her. That's fair enough, I suppose. Just fair enough. Cool. You do and you know what? It's their own. And I think Michelle is great and she's super sweet. And I totally understood that. Like, I'm, and again, it took me a second. Like, I'm like, shit, should I be offended by this? And then it's like, <laughs> no. First of all, she's on the screen. She's worked with these people forever, you know? And okay. I was like, that's, that's what's up. So, um, <laughs> Tom Hardy and some jeans and a t shirt. Let's continue. <laughs> What, what would you say was your your big break in order to get yourself out of it? Because you don't just land a movie like Venom off on a whim. You know, it's was a was a certain project that got you into these people's eyes. Um, I so I was doing Sons of Anarchy, and it was the year I think I was nominated for the costume. Which I'm so out of like that world. When I was nominated for a Costume Designers Guild Award, I didn't even know that there was costume. Designers Guild Awards. I didn't even know that there was an actual event that I'm just so in my own world when I'm like, I'm just in my own world and I'm not like in like that network or, or like circuit. So I was doing Sons and um, I, you know, I knew that it had a huge following and I had my own clothing line from it that shot on FX, that, sh that sold on FX. And wow. um, yeah, and I was working really, my best friend is Charlie Hunnam's girlfriend. She was designing with me for the clothing line. So we were just in this like weird world family up in Sons. And all of a sudden I get a call asking, saying the director wanted to meet me who's doing the NWA biopic. And at that point I was like, this is random. I just thought it was random. I'm a little young, like I knew Dr. Dre's like chronic, all that music. I was yeah. a little young for NWA. So I really had, and my husband was one of the guys that started Complex Magazine. So he's like, you're doing it. You're going on that meeting. I'm going to prep you on every fucking NWA. I'm like, NWA, what's going on? And he's like, um, yes. So I just research, research, research went on the meeting with F. Gary Gray, and who's a director, and it turns out, which I did not know this until I was doing the research, I dressed a lot of the sons the same way that Cube and Dre and those guys dressed. So the director of the movie, huge motorcycle guy, huge fan of the Sons of Anarchy. So I go in there and we just chat like a little bit and I bring the boards and he, it, I got a call a week later and they're like, and so that was the biggest movie that I did. So because of that movie, 
and how successful that movie was, that's when I started getting other stuff. So it was pretty, I mean, it was, I mean, honestly, when the movie, before the movie came out, it was a week before, because we didn't know it was only a $20 million movie. It was, none of the guys were stars. You know what I mean? Like no one playing, like it was Cube's son that played Cube. So, and none of the other guys had ever been in anything big. So it was like, you know, just this, let's hope it works and doesn't look like a lifetime movie sort of a thing. And um, Gary calls me a week before it comes out and he just goes, Kelly, I'm just going to say this. He said, be careful you pick from now on he goes because you're going to be in a different level than you were because he knew that i hadn't really done like a big movie i mean i did Homefront, but not like a movie of that level and he just said like i know this was it was the hardest movie i've ever done in my life i like almost killed myself but he was like i know that you know it was that tortured you he's like but it's going to be worth it this movie is like top notch so then it came out and it was nominated for an oscar like the writers were nominated for an oscar and it just kind of like you know, I don't know. I, a lot of people that around the movie think that it kind of changed the way that um, the Oscars are even like voted on now. Cause you know, there was very few um, black movies and directors and stars during that year. And Sons of Anarchy, I mean, Straight Outta Compton, like just surpassed so many movies in so many different ways that got nominated that there was like this big movement of like, this is bullshit like Hollywood is bullshit and the, the voting and the academy and all that stuff. And we need to bring more African-American projects to the forefront. So I believe Sons of Anarchy really, I mean, straight out of, sorry, I keep saying that, straight out of Compton was really the project that kind of helped that anyway, so. Absolutely yeah. incredible. I mean, it's easy done. You've done so many projects, so it's not so you keep getting this stumble over them. <laughs> and they're just the two same word sounding whatever. So. <laughs> Um, edit I mean, just not going to edit, cannot edit, weird, my, my, whatever. Um, but anyway, so that's the answer to your question. So then after that, um, David Ayer, then I did another movie, I think before it came, or after it came out, Power Rangers. I did Power Rangers. Then after that, David Ayer called me about Bright. And he was raised in like East LA, South Central. He knows all of those guys. He knows Gary. And he's like, I'm doing a movie. It's about, oh, this Bright's another one that's based in LA. It's about, you know, it's like this kind of fantasy movie, but it's sort of like if, if aliens are walking around and it's all based in LA, South Central, East LA, all that stuff, you know, there's gonna be gangs, there's gonna be fairies, there's gonna be whatever. And um, he's like, I know your work. I loved Straight Outta Compton and uh, let's do this movie. And I was like, okay. So it was, and it's just, you know, it's still, I still don't know what, what, I, what project I'm going to do when one ends. Like I still get nervous about that. And you know, it's, that is the life of freelance. I have realized and come to terms with is that if you are not nervous that you're never going to work again after your job ends, you're not fully freelance. <laughs> <laughs> That is going to be the rest of my life. Um, but yeah, I also worked with David a couple times. He's a great director. I've worked with the same people several times. So, so yeah. So, going back to TV quickly. So I noticed that you did Parks and Recreation, but you only did like 18 episodes, but then you did Sons of Anarchy for the whole 92. So was there any reason why you always picked for specific episodes or was it just because another project came up and you had to go onto that instead? So I got, so Sons of Anarchy only shoots for six months. So that shoots for six months and then you got six months off and it's, you know, I don't make a producer rate. So of course, like you need to like keep working. So I 
I think it was towards the end of Sons, I got a call to meet Greg Daniels, who is the, the creator of um, the office, the American office and Parks and Rec. So I meet him and it's the first comedy thing ever. And I didn't even, I'm like, are they sure they want to meet me? Like, that was just weird. So I am, and he's great. And I, of course, thought that I like totally just flailed in the meeting. And I'm like, well, this is just like, whatever. That was a good shot. And I'm never going to hear from them again. And then I get a call and I get the job. So I do the pilot. I do the first season, which kind of happens a little bit during Sons, like when it came back and a little bit of time that I was just doing that. They're, they shoot a, a mile away from each other. So I was able to do both during the short time that I had to do both during the first season. So then we do the second season and the second season, I'm pretty much doing Sons and Parks and Rec at the same exact time. Oh my God. The whole thing. So it was, I mean, I just, I know a lot of designers, like there are, there are plenty of designers, Lynn Paolo, Deborah McGuire, they do four to five shows at a time, plus a movie, different states. I, I, I can't, like I'm too, like I, I, too, I don't micromanage, but my hands are too in everything and every character to be able to do that and just kind of let it go to just, you know, I, I, I don't have other people fitting day players. Like I fit the day players and I fit the act, like the main stars. So when it, I was just, I was, it was the hardest like period of work that I'd ever done doing those back to back. So when we got the third season, they called me in the office and they're just like, oh, we got the third season of Parks and Rec. Like, this is so exciting. Let's just all like, all have a meeting and see everything that's been going on and blah, blah. And I just said, I can't do the third season. And they were shocked. And I just was like, I'll kill myself. Like I can't, cause it was gonna continue to be like when sun's shot. So I just was like, I can't do it. So I left and then I, you know, I talked to Amy and I talked to everybody, you know, it's, it's a fun show. It's crazy. I mean, it's weird. Comedy's weird. So, I mean, comedy's hard. I'm just going to say that comedy's hard. So it was a hard <laughs> show. Um, and so that's why I did it. So I did the, and I would have continued on, like I would have continued doing it until the, there was no more parks and rec, but I just couldn't do them both at the same time. And I knew, I mean, Kurt would have killed me if I would have ever left Sons of Anarchy. Like the first time that I asked, I, I would tell him I'm doing other projects. And basically, you know, he's not a man of a lot of words. He's a lot of words on paper, but he doesn't really like people that much. I mean, he likes people, but just to a point to where you don't sit and like chat with him forever in the office. You know what I mean? Like, here's a picture. Do you like it? Cool. And I would tell him, I said, I'm doing another show or I'm doing whatever. And he would just kind of look all way and he's like, I don't notice you're not here. And I'm like, okay, cool. So that's kind of what happened. And so I just, I was always very present there and I just never wanted him to notice I wasn't there. So there was, it was just too much to do those two shows together. So that's kind of, that's kind of why I stopped. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, um, also with Straight Outta Compton, I noticed obviously with the different scenes as well. So like I imagine you have to think so, this is the shot where they're going to walk down, there's a, um, where they're out, I don't know, out in the street or whatever, and you've got to think, oh, so what they're going to wear here, what they're going to wear here. It's like, it, how, well, how does that process work out? How does it go, well, that's the scene, and maybe she wear this and this. Well, for Straight Outta Compton, this, uh, there was some issue 
the script right before we started shooting. So uh, I think Dre wanted to tweak it a little bit and Q wanted to tweak it a little bit. So we didn't have a full script to where we knew what we were going to shoot until pretty much the day or two before. And that was the whole movie. And that included the pool scenes. So, I mean, it was, it was a moving target, that movie. So I just think that, that most of the time I would show Gary for that movie, there was 866 changes for that movie. So, and then there was like the lab, like one day they just decide to do a montage scene. So that montage that they did, where the boys are all in the studio, I think they've tried to map it out to where it was like eight different days. So that's 40 changes. And Gary was, you know, he's known Cube and Dre a long time. He wanted to get as like, this movie needed to be right. So a lot of the, a lot of the times he wouldn't let me really put something on one of the guys unless he saw a photo of it. So I mean, one time, so I would show him photos like, yes, Cube wore this, like Cube, Cube would give me a picture, Dre would show me pictures or videos of the actual pool parties. And I'm like, see, Dre's actually wearing this. But that's kind of how it was, it was day to day. And I would just show them pictures. And then Gary would, then the guys would get dressed, they'd come to set. And then sometimes they would do the lighting and they would do everything. And then right before we, the blocking, right before we started shooting, Gary would be like, Kelly, come here. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, I'm not feeling it. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> As I'm trying to get their next change that's working in an hour. And he was just like, I'm not feeling it. And I'm like, what are you feeling? He's like, ah, uh, it. I'm not feeling it. They need to change. And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that so, constructive criticism. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it was a really tense movie because there's not a lot of room for error in that movie. It's not, I mean, it's drank. You were on set every day so you know and everyone just wanted to get it right i mean it's just important part of history in general and so uh so yeah that was but that's pretty much it i just show them pictures and and see if that's something like normally from a previous fitting so yeah that's mental so looking at your career you've worked on a lot of different styles of movies so you got like biopics like straight out compton you've got your fictional shows like sons of anarchy you got like out of these world projects like Bright and Venom, do you have a different approach for a different style of movie, or is it all you have? You have the Kelly Jones way of working. Um, no, I mean it just depends on what I'm working on, what sort of like. There's some movies less complicated to design than others. So the movie that I just did, Samaritan and Rangers, those costs. I'm are done I, I designed them with illustrators and I'm talking hundreds of illustrations until we get it right and then those costumes are 3d printed so those aren't things that where I shop a bolt of fabric and you know then I can try it on an actor and if he likes it nah it's like the actor has to get scanned so it's there's zero room for error so like Elizabeth Banks her costume Rita Repulsa that was that took about five months of prep for Power Rangers. So that cost me took about three months, two months just for the illustration to get done. And then when I first met Elizabeth, she came in to scan her body because it's such a tight costume. And all you can do is show her a picture. So you show her a picture and you're like, this is what it's gonna look like. She's cool. She's like, yeah, okay, that's cool. She's like, as long as my bits are covered, I'm good. And then she doesn't see the costume <laughs> until, I mean, the costume takes about six to eight weeks to make, and she doesn't even see it until it's like a week to to four days before she's in it. So that's, that's like when I change my approach on things, it's if something is has to be made that's that 
that's that specific and the it's so that detailed and integrated and you know 3d printed and the pieces are molded you know on bright i was going to do that for numi but it ended up just being like i got some fabric in from uh turkey and it was just this brocade suits and so you know i made the suits for her and, and the elves and then a lot of the gang we made all the jerseys and stuff like that so it's just i try to just focus on the task at hand like what's in front of me and then just make sure I can make it happen. So I have enough resources now and I've done enough wild stuff. Like I'm doing this one really crazy scene in this next movie that I'm doing with like this naked vampire, but she's supposed to be like really, she ends up like in real life, she's a contortionist because she's a vampire. So they come back to life. So, but she's supposed to look like this like 90 year old woman that was, that's a vampire. And then she's naked and she's gonna have all these veins. So I have to make this suit. I'm this prosthetic company to make this suit to, it's crazy because the way that the, her body's going to bend she can bend fully backwards and forwards so she can go from bending completely back all the way up so it's just mm. so i have to make suit that's going to be not in the way so that's something that you know it's just it just depends on on really what i'm doing i don't really have like one specific approach because every job is so fluid and just I mean, I didn't know that I'd be doing projects that I was 3D printing clothes, you know what I mean? And, and doing all that stuff. So, so, and then the comedy shows, the comedy stuff is different because comedy's hard. I mean, I did The Wrong Missy, really funny movie on Netflix. I love that movie. So funny. I mean, even when I watched it, I didn't know, I didn't even know it would be that funny when I was shooting it. It is so funny. Oh my God, she is so funny, Lauren. But comedy is everything about a comedy has to do with the clothes so that's what makes it funny either they fall they get spilled on they jump down a cliff and they tear their stuff like it's just and it's and it's you know happy madison company so it's very last minute because everybody that works on those movies is hilarious so the jokes just come and it's like all of a sudden it's like there's a pie in the face or there's this or this i mean so and then you just kind of have to roll with it so um, so yeah, that's just, it's, which is a totally opposite approach than doing superheroes. I mean, it's absolutely mental that 3D printing clothes is even a thing. Just, 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 <laughs> but that's even a concept is nuts. Yeah, it's wild. I know when Sly saw his costume, when it came up from Weta, he was like, I mean, he was just blown away. He's like, this is the coolest thing. He's like, this is going on a, on a sly mannequin in my house after this movie wraps. Just like, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, so that's, that's been fun. Do you ever consult or like talk to people that the characters are based on, like for biker gangs for Sons of Anarchy, like did you sit down with the members of NWA for Straight Outta Compton, you know, that sort of thing? Um, yep, for uh, and for Straight Outta Compton, the first one of the first people I met, I believe I'm not saying her name wrong. Her name Tamika, which is Easy E's um, widow. So she has a she has a I forgot what her record label is called. So I went out to her record label. It's in the Valley, and I met with her, and she showed me all these pictures of her and Easy, like on vacations and just just all of these older pictures that just 
the, you know, you just don't have, you can't find on the internet. And then, and then for, I mean, I talked to all of them. I talked to Dre about, I mean, he showed everyone videos of the pool parties. So, cause that was really big in, in the movie. So Dr. Dre, you know, I would see, really see how everybody dressed and how he dressed and stuff. And, and then um, Cube was the same way. And even for, you know, his, his uh, wife in the movie, I asked him, I'm like, so how did she dress? And he was just like, oh, you know, she was around, she was an around the way girl. And I'm like, oh my God, I love that you just said that. Like, <laughs> like give me back. I'm gonna just and my assistant's like googling around the way girl. Oh my god, I'm just I was just like like blown away by that whole process. And then for Sons of Anarchy, yes, I did. I talked with a lot of the Hells Angels. So there was one guy, I believe he's not in the Hells Angels anymore, which normally doesn't happen. Um, he, he's one of the main actors in it. So he was the one that really kind of took me under his wing and showed me exactly you know I, I made sure not to fuck up because he's like this is how like all like you, if you don't want to put leather on people if you don't want to put logos on people because i was i was hard on no chaps no unnecessary leather no logos nothing that people that don't know that world stereotype bikers to look like and mm -hmm. so just i just wanted to make it look cool but yeah so i did talk to the hell's angels and um yeah, there was like, it started with just one on the show. And then there was a, a couple, whether they're still in the chapters or not, um, they were either the president of their certain chapters or whatever. So I really had to kind of stay true to that. I mean, you just want to make sure that, you know, you're kind of given the respect that it deserves. So that is normally what I do. I mean, I haven't, I didn't actually talk to a Power Ranger when I did the Power Rangers. So. <laughs> I mean. um. What's, what has been your favorite project so far that you've done? I mean, I, it's, it's a sense of anarchy. It's so weird. All the projects I do are hard. And I've realized the more I do, the harder they get. And I don't know if it's because there's more pressure on the director to deliver. And it's just, it's just a lot, you know, there's just such a, it's a fickle industry. And I've realized in movies, you fuck up a couple times and you're not working again. And I'm talking about like directors and producers. And so the, the, the stress of working on a movie set, it's like, oh, it's so glamorous in the movies. Ah, oh, it's so great. And I love working on movies because you get a lot more time to create something. So for my aspect, it's a lot more time. But I think because I was so much younger and it was one of my first like successful shows, uh, Sons of Anarchy, hands down, was the most fun because it was also most of those guys and girls first successful shows. So everybody was, we were just such a, a tight, like we'd go on vacations together and like Big Bear and skydiving and all this like crazy shit because it was just like this tight, fun group. I mean, to this day, Morgana, Charlie's Girl is still my best friend. I moved to New Orleans and Kristen Renton, who played, um, she was one of the porn girls for the whole series. She lives in New Orleans too. We're going to get drinks next week. Like, it's just one of those, like, I talk to a lot of those people on a regular basis. So it's just, it was kind of a special moment. And then it also, because Kurt was... So he was very, his writing was his, I mean, he, he developed that world. That is Kurt's world. But when I 
first went on the uh, interview with him, he said to me, we sat down in his office. I hadn't seen him since the shield. And he goes, he goes, Kelly goes, I gotta be honest with you. He goes, this is not a, a TV show where anyone is going to notice clothes and you're not going to get any sort of recognition from this show. The show is not about the clothes. So he's like, so as long as I don't notice something that I hate, you're cool. Like, tell me what you're going to do with the main characters. And I'll give you some, some things if I come up with certain ideas. He's like, but I just don't want to miss the clothes. This is about the story. This is about the boys. So in that respect, he let me kind of do whatever I wanted as long as I didn't hate it. And it was a collaboration with the guys because all the guys were so excited that they, they all kind of took on the persona a little bit of like bad boy motorcycle second third season and they everyone was just so excited to like look a little bit different and have their own like little flair so it was just, it was a collaborative effort like they would come in and we'd talk about you know like charlie those sun's rings charlie designed so he actually like sketched out the sun's rings and so yeah i'm not taking credit for that like that was him and he did that during the hiatus so he, like those guys really thought about that. So I would bring stuff in. I would get a lot of the jewelry I had made, like the stuff for Kim and, and then the Katie, I mean, she, Katie was just very open. She's very opinionated about what she wanted, what she was going to wear, what she wasn't going to wear, but she was open with it because that her biker look, that is not Katie Seagal. I mean, she would come in and there's like linen pants and this like float, like she's a little hippie and she's just so lovely. And then I would just put her in these corsets and everything was so tight and, you know, it's cut down to here and everything's falling out and she just was going for it. So, and so that was so much fun. And it, because it was also seven years, movies, yeah, you have a lot of fun and it's so creative, but then it's done. And it's like, it's like you get put in the spin cycle and then you're out. So with Sons, we kind of got to enjoy, we knew it was successful when we were doing it. With movies, you don't know, you don't know if it's gonna literally be the biggest piece of shit or not. You're not gonna, you don't know if it's gonna be receptive. I've done two movies now where the critics and the audience could not be on more polar opposite sides of what they thought this movie was. Bright and Venom. I'm telling you, you go on Rotten Tomatoes, critics thought those movies were shit. The audience fucking loved them. So it's like you, and so when you're making it, you don't know how that scale is gonna tip. Like you don't know if it's gonna be something that's in and out in a flash. And so it's like Sons was great because I, we all got to enjoy that we were working on a really successful project that people really loved. And I also had my, that was my one and only like real clothing line. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was my favorite project. I've loved most all of them. There's only been a couple, I think that I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'd do that again, but I, that was definitely, it sticks with you for sure. That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. You must see some amazing things being on set because I'm assuming you're on set every day because if something goes wrong, you've got to be there to. Yeah. You must seen some. One of the questions I wrote down was you must have met some amazing people during your career. It's like any standout moments. But I'm thinking the amount of people you've told me you've met, you know, it's incredible. The fact you just told me you sat down with Dr. Dre and looked at old videos has just blown my mind. <laughs> but it blew my mind the first time I met because I met Tamika at her studio and then the line producer. It was like the first, right before I, I, we all started, they were like, we want you to go to Dre's studio and we're going to watch some clips of old, like NWA and some other parties. So it was me, 
It was Maddie, the, the um, uh, DP, the line producer, and the director, and Dre and Cube. And I go down to this, you wouldn't even know that that's his studio in the valley. And you go down from behind and you go down, and I'm like, I'm in Dr. Dre's studio right now. And listening to Dr. Dre's foot away from me, tell me about like how it evolved, how everything evolved like to the chronic and stuff. I'm like, this is a fucking nuts. Like it was, it was, and, you know, cubes over there. It was crazy. But yeah, I did, I have gotten myself. And there was a question I did another, I did another interview a while ago though. And, and someone was like, who have you ever been starstruck? And I, I, I hate that word because one, that's just not like, I, you can't be starstruck to work in this business because you do meet a lot of celebrities and blah, blah. But I did say that like, there's gotta be someone, there's always someone. And I was like, yeah, there was. And it was Will Smith. And the reason it was Will Smith is because I, for me, it's one thing seeing someone on a screen for a couple movies here and there, but when you're, when they're in there in your living room every night on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, when you're mm -hmm. growing up, like you feel like you know them a little, it's just so wild. So he was, I even like, I knew I, he was going to be in the movie and I had like about a month before I did a fitting with him, but it just kind of hit me when I was doing the fitting one of him. I'm like, he literally like you kind of grow up with that so and of course he's exactly exactly how anybody would want him to like in their mind like how would you think would be the coolest version of will smith it's who he is he's just the nicest guy on the fucking planet so yeah so that was cool and funny and and everything so yeah but but yeah i have met yeah i met i mean i think like the craziest thing in the beginning though was kind of hanging out with the hell's angels i was like you know, I'm from Oregon. There's a chapter up there when I was growing up. So it was just like, God, like this is, you know, that's a whole world in and of itself too. Like just the movie type of thing. I can imagine that being quite scary to be fair. <laughs> I mean, it was never scary as weird as it is because they all took me on as like their little sister. Like when I first started dating my husband, DL like literally went up to him and said, if you fuck her, if you fuck with her, I will kill you. Like there is no, and yeah, he was joking, but it's just one or what, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so yeah. Just like, yeah, exactly. We saw him running past though. He was escaping while he could. <laughs> I know. I was like, what's happening back there? How did you get off the road here? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was wondering like have you ever kept like keepsakes from sets like any any costumes that no one wanted you like I'll have that for the old memory closet um I uh you can't I mean unfortunately you can't I mean a lot of the actors can't even keep their stuff so it all goes into I mean I would there's stuff I would like to take and at the end of Sons like yeah there's some jewelry I mean I made a lot of that stuff especially for Katie so I took some of the pieces but you know the studios own everything and so there's so many times the actors will come to me and they're like oh can I have this when the shoot's done and it's like, oh, well, how do I, like, I don't want to say no. I mean, the only people like Dre and Cube came in and took all the, I made all that Raider stuff and all the gear and the NWA. So they took a bunch of the gear. And then I think Tom Hardy took a couple pairs of boots. And, but yeah, no, I can take nothing. Like there's nothing I can take. And I don't even know what I would if I could. I mean, I'm just, I don't know. I think because I just tend to move on from one to the next that it's just, yeah, I just kind of keep rolling. So yeah, I don't have any. I'm not a big pack rat on like any sense of anything. So, uh, yeah. Just that vision of you making something like, this is so nice. I'm not going to see it again. <laughs> yeah. 
I know. I mean, that's pretty much how it is. I mean, there are, I mean, I've made a lot of cool stuff for Bright. I mean, all the shows I've done, I've made some cool stuff for. And so, um, but yeah, I've not, I've not kept anything. So yeah. Since beautiful and bright, so beautiful. I was looking at some photos of them earlier. It's like, they are so lovely. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> now, a, a project of yours, which is a particular passion of mine and Tom's, is like, is the Power Rangers. You know, we've had two big members of the Power Rangers on this show. Um, we spoke to David Fielding, who played Zordon on the original show. Okay. And we spoke to, well, we haven't spoken to him yet. It'll be an upcoming episode. We're speaking to Ron Besserman, who wrote the original theme song. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, so Power Rangers is quite a lot big to us. What was it like working on that project? Because obviously it was a reboot of a show a lot of people hide in high regard. It was a lot of people's childhood. There's got to have been some pressure on that. I mean, there was. I, I mean, again... To be honest, I came on after, and this happens a couple times. It's the only time this has happened with my movie, or anything I've worked on, but a lot of times in those movies, the production designer designs a lot of the costume. They're on, the production designer of that movie was on for a year. So I came on, I got five months to prep the illustrations, and I did all of Rita Repulsa. So everything that she wore, Elizabeth wore, that was something that I, from, from, conception until the very end it was on her that was me and working with an illustrator and with the director dean but the power rangers suits those were you know those were had already been illustrated they hadn't been designed because that was a whole other issue that we had to deal with to go from illustration to actual functioning but that had already done, been done and i remember i got called in there it was i think a week after uh, straight out of compton came out and I was asked to go on this meeting with the director. And I had, I'd seen Power Rangers, but I thought it was interesting they were gonna do a reboot. And I didn't know why I was going in for that meeting because that, I figured it would look like the old Power Rangers. So when I went in, those illustrations were all on Dean's wall. And I was like, oh, I get it. Like you want it to be a little bit more industrial, a little bit sleeker, a little, you know, just more, you know, superhero than how it was in like, you know, the spandex and stuff like that. A little sexier, a little, you know, just grittier. And that's exactly what Dean said. It's like, it's just a set in a different, it was a different tone, a different world. We're just trying to like update it to the way that, you know, would still, you know, not offend anybody who, you know, was a huge fan of the Power Rangers. But what I've realized about doing superhero stuff is that there's always comparisons to everything. So it's like, if we would have done it exactly like the Power Rangers and had those same suits, it's like, then, then we're not doing anything new. If we do anything that has any armor, then it looks like Iron Man, or it looks like this. There's just, there's mm. so, everything's derivative of something. And people in that world are pretty harsh if they don't like something. So I, don't, I know that when those suits first came out, um, and what the, some of the people, you know, Twitter and all this stuff, they said it looked like Iron Man or it looked like this, like it didn't look like Power Rangers. So it wasn't until people saw the movie and they saw them actually moving in it that they realized that it, that it was pretty cool. But I mean, so that's, that's pretty much, you know, I mean, it was, it was, we had our, a lot of creative freedom with that movie. I mean, it was supposed to go five movies. Like there was not supposed oh, to just one, yeah. So it just didn't make the revenue that it needed to make to justify, it was such a high budget to justify doing another four. The actors all signed on for five. So 
So yeah, that's the one thing. I mean, everything, you know, I just have learned to stay off the internet after I designed something that comes out. You know what I mean? I mean, everyone thought, it's, some people thought that, um, that Elizabeth Banks green thing looked like poison ivy. Like, it's like, oh, cause it's green. Like what? So I don't know. We did have a core group of people that really loved that movie. And I thought, I mean, that cost, those costumes are really hard to make. I mean, Weta made them in New Zealand. So the director and I had to fly to New Zealand. We'd fly down for 24 hours and fly back and oh. see what the helmet looked like. And I made Rita Repulsa Legacy. So that was in Los Angeles. So at least that was easier to get to from Vancouver. But yeah, I mean, it was a shame. I know they're making another reboot. So yeah. Yeah. I for that. And the original actors are not in it. Um, but they're all off, like that all kind of sprung board. And now like Dacre's like a big star and and everyone's kind of a big star from that. So, um, which that is so great. I just love those kids so much. They're so cool. So yeah, so that was that experience. I, I loved your version of Rita. Okay, it was completely polar opposite to the original version, but I don't think that original look would have worked at all now. That's what, like, there's just no way it would have worked. And that no. was... The when we were trying to concept her, because what had happened is that, so I forgot who, I think it was Aaron Sims and Legacy that did the concept art for the Power Rangers. And they had tried to do concept art that looked a little bit more like the Reader Repulsa for Reader Repulsa. So when I was hired, the, the studio and Lionsgate and everyone's like, I'm just not feeling the Reader Repulsa. And I said, give it to me. I just give it to me. Let me work on it. It just didn't look right. It just with the way that those guys looked, the Power Rangers, it just nothing, it just didn't look right. So I just said, just let me, if you don't like it, I'll get these illustrations done quick, or at least see if you like the direction. And then we just kind of went from there. But yeah, and that's, I, Elizabeth liked it too. Like she liked that it wasn't, let's say, you know, the gown thing and everything that all the bells and whistles that she had. And it was something that she can move in a little easier. So, um, so yeah, but thank you. I love those costumes. Mm -hmm. I think those were hot. They were awesome. I mean, everyone's... Every, sorry, Jeremy. No, no. I was going to say there, there was two things that stood out to me in that movie, like costume-wise, and I was thinking back on it. And that was Rita, because I really loved that portrayal. And also, there's one thing I always loved from the Power Rangers, and you stuck to that, and that was Jason always wears red, Zach always wears black, Kimberly always wears pink. And you stuck to that, and I was like, yes, that's what I want from Power Rangers. I don't care what iteration. Thank you. And there had to be something that we pulled from the original do you know what i mean and it's like and you know even though you know becky g and you know she's a pop star and stuff it's like we wanted to put her in you know she always had a little bit of yellow and now we had a little bit of pink like so it just it, it kept a little bit of the same without them had then having to go to those full pink yellow all those costumes you know so but thank you for noticing that i don't know if that's <laughs> <laughs> i mean i was just gonna say everyone loves to be a keyboard warrior don't they as soon as it's something they don't like, everyone just loves to be like, I want to be the first one to be like, this is fucking shit. You've made it look like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't understand it myself. No, it's crazy. I got on Twitter when I was doing Sons of Anarchy and I got a pretty big following on Twitter because we just take crazy weird pictures on set and stuff. <laughs> but then people would, the more things you do where there's a following, one misstep in someone's mind that's watching it and it is on. I mean, it is slamming those keyboard letters and letting them know you feel they're in someone's basement and they are mad. And so it's like, <laughs> I realized that, I mean, that's everything that I've done. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, you know, it's, but this is like my husband owns restaurants and he's always says, 
It's ones and fives. That's all you should care for, care about. It's like a Yelp review. One of no one remembers a three. So it's like, (laughs) (laughs) I like that. You know what I mean? You're going to remember the ones and the fives, not the threes. So that's even how I like go hard or go home, like do something, convict to it. Just make sure that like you're behind it. And that's how I am with all the designing that I've done. It's like, I definitely, there's, you know, superheroes are hard and everyone's going to look, going to see something derived from something else. And, you know, if you do it, if you do biopics are hard too, because those are actual people and they're very famous and some of them are living and some of them have passed on and you do it about gangs. Well, there's a lot of gangs out there and they really know how people dress and all this stuff. So you just can't win for fucking losing. So you just kind of do it. <laughs> you just got to do it. And just, you know, have conviction and that's that. So, yeah. Have you ever designed anything for anybody where they've gone, uh, no? Um, while we were designing it, like what, or when it was on the, like after it came out. Well, uh, well, ma- mainly after it came out, but I mean, at any point, I mean, any stories you could actually tell us uh, without, you know, uh, we're, not, we're not trying to bitch or anything, but I mean, like, everybody have just literally designed it and you've gone, ta-da, and they've gone, yeah, I'm not wearing that. <laughs> oh, like an actor saying that. Yeah. Um, no, I'm pretty persuasive. I'm trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm six feet tall and I wear heels and yeah, I'm pretty persuasive. And I, I'm very confident too, though, with what, like, it's, I do know other, some other people that work in costumes and wardrobe and but these actors are confident. Let's just face it. Like they're confident. They know what they want. They have, they have made it in an industry that is impossible to make it in and they are driven and they're just, you know, they're just massive beings, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like when you go in there and their worlds are big, it's just, everything's just big around them. So when you go in there, it's like, you better know what you're fucking talking about. So, <laughs> and you better have conviction. And, you know, so that's, I don't remember the last time I, I went into a fitting and then absolutely someone said no. I mean, and I'm not being like egotistical because it's just, but I'm also pretty realistic on what something's gonna look like. I think because a lot of it is, like costume design is design style, it's it's actual like taste, and then it's it's psychology. Do you know what I mean? Like hmm. you're going in there, you're developing a relationship very quickly. This person is gonna be on screen, you are not. So you, they have to trust you, but it's really like what they're gonna end up looking like. And so, you know, I tr- I, I'm again, like I'm open and if something does, I mean, I, it was, it would more ha- happen in TV than movies and movies. Again, it's more designed in TV. It's a lot of the actors they, that I've, some of the actresses I've worked with and actors, it's like they kind of are playing themselves something not too far away. So if they wouldn't wear it, then they're not going to wear it. Mm-hmm. But movies, it's more of like, you're there. It's more developing a character for just these two hours and, you know, so it's sort of something, you know, a TV show, someone's going to have to, if, you, if they commit to a shirt, they may be wearing it for seven seasons. So it's like, if that's what they want, that's not happening. So, yeah. Just damn good at what you do, Kelly, that's, it. that's all it is? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There have been, th- I know there's, yeah, I mean, sometimes, I mean, I just know that people sometimes don't like it when they see it on the screen or something off or some whatever. So, but yeah, but the actors I normally have, watch this next movie, I like go in and Jamie Foxx is like, I'm not wearing any fucking thing you're showing me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I jinxed myself. <laughs> Damn those two British guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, are there any types of movies that you haven't worked on yet that you'd like to? Um, uh, I have not worked on heavy period and I haven't, I would do a Western if it had a certain kind of flair to it that wasn't, I don't know, like some of my, some of my friends that are designers, they're like obsessed with doing Westerns and I'm like, like period Westerns. And I think that I'm like, I don't know if I could pull something contemporary, you know, there's other people that, you know, when they see a movie like the Titanic, they're like, oh my God, if I could design that movie, I'm like, oh my God, I'd kill myself. Like that. <laughs> It's so, I'm just so in the fantasy, sci-fi, gang, contemporary world that when I see that, I have enough pressure to make sure that the gang members aren't pissed at me for portraying them a certain way. Like to really get like you, the detail, I mean, it's a lot of renting clothes, first of all, to do period movies like that. But it's just, it's, you know, it's hard. Like period is like, especially like the 1800s and you know, even like 1910, I, the 20s and up, maybe the 30s, it, depending on how it, how contained the movie was. I mean, the movie like Titanic though, there's just such a mass amount of people and mass amount of period clothes that you can only make, depending on the budget, you can only make things so fast for so cheap. And there's only so many of those clothes you can rent. So, I mean, really the movie I was going to do that, and it wasn't even period, um, that ended up going away at the last minute I was prepping was Scarface. So it was a remake of Scarface that David Ayer was directing. And then it went away at the, like almost the last minute. But I'm like, if I could do a remake of Scarface and like do an updated version of like that Michelle Pfeiffer's dress and like that look, I could never work again and be happy. So that's kind of it. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, like ideal, like, oh my God. And then when that movie went away, I cried or whatever. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, not, I don't know. I just take the projects as I come, you know what I mean? So it's like, if it is something, cause it's not just about the design element. It's also about the content of the movie. And if I feel the movie's going to, cause I don't, a costume design is never going to break a movie. It's also never going to be the reason the movie is successful, costume design alone. So it's, it's like, you know what I mean? Like if the Titanic sucked, if Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio could not have acted their, like out of a shoebox, that those costumes are not going to save that movie. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, that, yeah. directing was bad. So I look at whether it's going to be interesting for me to design, but also are the other elements there because everything we do is hard fucking work. So you want to hope that for the best and the, and the end product is going to be something that people enjoy and that, you know, it sticks around for a little while and stuff. So that's kind of like, I, so I don't think I would be able to say that there's one specific genre because it would have like, it's, it's the pieces that make the whole. So that's kind of what I look for and stuff. Amazing. So, Obviously, you've mentioned the Jamie Foxx vampire movie, but what else is next for you? Have you got anything else lined up? That's the one. I mean, with this COVID shit, I'm telling you, that is like, there's really not a lot of stuff shooting. There's a lot of TV shooting. Um, but no, the Samaritan, that's sly. So that's coming out. Um, well, it's supposed to be June, but who knows now? It's still June as there's been nothing official. Um, but no, then the Jamie Foxx. I start the Jamie Foxx uh, movie it's like basically now I'm doing a couple days here and there. And then we start shooting April 19th that it wraps the end of June. So that'll come out probably in 2022. 
So, which I can't like already talking about 2022. So yeah, that's really my next thing is, is that movie. Um, so yeah. Which I'm nice. yeah. Incredible. Um, before we move on to a little game, we like to play Tom, have you got any more questions? You want to no, I just want to say, Kelly, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I've really, really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, good. Yeah, it's been fun. I know every time when I do these, I'm like, oh, sometimes I just don't know what the fuck I'm saying. But I just don't. <laughs> that's, why, that's why we like to just make it a, a conversation. But we've had yeah. people say, like, what do I need to prep? I'm like, nothing. Just bring yourself. Preferably right. some memory. That would be helpful. <laughs> no, look, so I hinted then we like to play a game. It's nothing to worry about. We just call it a quick fire round. We fire six questions at you and you answer them as quick as you can. It's as simple as that. Oh, no, baby. No. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's not like an algebra test. It's, it's, it's very simple questions. I'd rather that. Here you go. Could it be a drinking game? Here's right. question one to make. Here's a prime example. Favorite Muppet? Oscar the Grouch. Is that a Muppet? Oh, good answer. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Favorite pizza topping? Uh, mushroom. Oh, good choice. Good choice. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Be invisible. Oh, I like it. First ever concert you went to? Concert? Yeah. EMF. So weird that I remember this. Jesus and Mary Chain. Is that it? And EMF. Random, random, random. I was so fucking young and it was in Portland, Oregon. But that's when like all of like you know it's a weird look them up they're good they had like one song but that was that's good sad. i know jesus and the mary chain i don't know emf jesus and mary chain and emf played together in portland oregon i was too young to go basically if there was one franchise you could work on what would it be oh a franchise i mean i don't i don't know i don't know that's the back i don't know like like, because now I have Scarface, like, that's not a fair, that, that could never be a franchise. I don't, everyone dies in the end. Um, I don't know, because I, why, I don't know if I do a franchise. I like things that people die. <laughs> that's amazing. And one piece of advice you would give to your younger self? Um, I mean, just keep going. Just keep going. That's it. I mean, I kind of did that advice, but that's kind of... Just keep going and don't take anything personal. That's what it, that's, don't take any critique personal. That's what it is. That's wonderful. Yeah. Remember the ones and the fives. I love that. That's such a good expression. I love that. Kelly, this has been awesome. We've had so much fun. Before, oh, before we get out of here, is there any, any social medias, any websites, anything you wanted to plug for people to check out and whatnot? I mean, no, like I'm not really on Instagram. I mean, I'm, I like do bullshit on Instagram. It's like Kelly and then two underscores Jones because there's 50 million Kelly Joneses in this world. <laughs> I'm like, and that, everyone's like, how do you find it? I'm like, I don't even know how I came up. No one knows even how to do an underscore. And all of a sudden I have two in between my names. <laughs> and then I think, I don't know, Twitter. I don't even do anything with Twitter. I don't do anything on Twitter because honestly, no one cares about anything I have to say on Twitter except for people that follow Sons of Anarchy. Like, that's what I really I have like 14,000 followers on Twitter. And unless I say something about Sons, no one gives a shit. So I'm never, <laughs> never on Twitter. And that's all my website's Kelly Jones Designs. And I don't even think that's updated. So I'll be working on them after. <laughs> I'm kind of behind the eight ball on some. <laughs> Um, no, but uh, so much fun. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks, you guys. Thanks for reaching out. I'm super honored to be on this. Not at all. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your time, and we hope you have an absolutely incredible day. And thank you so much. We've really enjoyed it. Thank you. You too. Thanks, guys.
Take, take care. care. Take care. Bye. 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 Hey there. I'm Frank Guglielmelli, and I'm the narrator for the audio drama feed. Featuring such audio dramas as Bounty Hunters, Marty and Mars, Val Toby, and so much more. You can find all of these wonderful programs on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or you can go to our website at www.audiodramafeed.com. We are thrilled to be affiliated with the Chronicles of Podcast with Tom and Jamie. Thank you.